Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast. I am your host on this adventure, Matt DeWolf. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. We really, we really want to deliver on that slightly better piece. So we are going to get into a conversation with you all today uh, with a couple of folks who um, have really been taking the industry by storm a little bit here lately. Uh, You've been seeing a lot of their growth. Uh, This is a trend kind of across the industry right now. We've talked about it a million times, uh, maybe two million, maybe three million. We say it a lot. The industry is growing. This is part of that conversation. We want to understand where this platform is going, what they are focusing on, and a little bit about just where they came from. So we're going to get into that conversation right now. And joining us on the show is JT Thompson, who is the Chief Development Officer and President of Love Car Wash, and Darren Skorecki, who is the CEO. Guys, welcome. Thanks, Matt. Glad to be here. So here we are. And uh, JT, last time I talked to you, um, you were doing some different things. So before we get into all of this conversation about love and what love is, and that's that's a different podcast, maybe what love is, but we'll we can can go there if you guys want to. Go there, it might be fun. (laughs) But before we get into all that, I want to get kind of each of your all's path the industry. And JT, I know you shared this before, but if you could do it again for me, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks, Matt. Um, So I I built my first car wash 20 years ago, uh, 2002. Uh, It was a self-serve, you know, three in-bay, two in-bay automatics, three self-serve bays. And uh, it's kind of my first step. And then I built my first uh, express, a 200-foot express tunnel in 2005. And Built a double tunnel in 2010 and was a Sunny's distributor. So I, I really kind of jumped in, you know, you know, full force about 2005. Okay, awesome. Yeah, well, you, you've, yeah, and I, I sort of forget that you've had the full spectrum from self-serve to in beta to tunnels to double tunnels. Uh, distributor, yeah, I've been, yeah, yeah, been, you've been all all everywhere. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, uh, how about you? What brought you into the into this industry? How'd you get here? Yeah, maybe a, a little bit non-traditional, so to speak, but it might be more traditional nowadays. But uh, I spent a good portion of my career in a Fortune 500 technology company, publicly traded, and uh, I got a call to from a recruiter uh, for the CFO opportunity of Mr. Carwash and jumped at that opportunity. And that's what pulled me into the space. And uh, I'll never get out of it. So I've loved the industry uh, since and and JT and I connected when we were at Mr. Carwash. And, you know, we, we've separated for a brief time there. And we just love working together. And that's part of our name. We just we love the industry. We love washing cars. And we love people. So it's a lot of love. A lot, a lot of love. I love that. I love that. I love that love. All um, you need is love. Man. Yeah. All you need. <laughs> we might get we might get sued for that one. I don't know if we can say that out loud. Um, so okay, I I didn't realize, Darren. That's awesome. I didn't realize your background. So that's super exciting. Um, as people are wont to say in this industry, once you get a little bit of the uh, the chemistry in your blood, you can't get it out. So uh, here we all are. Let's talk a little bit about uh, love's beginnings. So obviously, you all had worked together before. You stayed in touch. Where did where did this idea come from, and where did um, kind of love begin? Well, 
where love began. Well, back <laughs> in the day when JT and I met, it was an instant connection. <laughs> we were building the very first Mr. Car Wash together. Uh, he, he helped us do that. Um, but we ended up um, just staying very connected. Uh, I ended up leaving Mr. Car Wash and, and we had an opportunity actually to create another platform prior to love. Um, and so actually JT and I are the co-founders of Go Car Wash. Uh, so we, so we um, partnered with a private equity group and launched uh, Go um, and that didn't quite work out as well as we had anticipated. And uh, we separated again and he became the CEO of, of ModWash and uh, we were then able to bring us back together and, and launch love and really take all of those great things we've learned throughout the years from JT's perspective of self-served, uh, full serve to building car washes, building platforms. We've now taken all that and now we're trying to, to bring back together and create more love in the industry. So not the, uh, not the, uh, first rodeo you might say, right? No. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this is yeah for me, the third, third one we've stood up in the last, uh, three years. Yeah. Cause we, we started with uh, go at the, you know, really just a strategy deck and built that from, from that. And then, uh, uh, with ModWash when I started there, we had two units that were open and then I left and we're, I think we we're at 23, um, with the acquisition that was in the process of closing. And then we launched uh, love September 7th. And uh, we've just been on a on a tear since. Yeah, you guys are okay. certainly certainly on a tear. Um, but but before we go there, I wanna I wanna know actually like why do you keep doing this, right? Like you've done it a few <laughs> times. You keep doing these platforms. What is it that's exciting about it, and what is it that draws you to it? Go ahead, JT. Yeah, for me, li listen, I'm excited to get into you know and and, and ride it out uh, with Go. There is you know few challenges. It's a great platform. Those guys are doing a great job. I'm really proud of the fact that we were a part of that. And uh, when I left to go to ModWash, uh, and that was really, you know, the the goal there was pure development. And there'll, mm -hmm. there'll be a little bit of uh, acquisitions along the way. But I think Karen Hutton is, you know, she's really the CEO of that, that organization. She does a great job. And so for me, I felt like I was really just kind of in her way. So um, I, you know, in the middle of that, Darren and I, you know, you know, kept connected and knew that we just really, you know, like we, we have very um, different skill sets, but they're, you know, they're not duplicative, but they're very complementary. So I think we work really well together. And I think in a startup uh, environment, we've done this before. We, we know, like, we already know the playbook, like for right now, we're, we're able to hit the ground running because we've done this. Uh, and we're pulling all the pieces together. And, you know, the, the challenge is, is getting the people, to be honest. I mean, we've yeah. got fantastic investors. So when we decided, hey, we wanted to go put this, you know, this new opportunity together, we spoke with a bunch of different private equity, you know, investment banking type of uh, organizations. And we ended up with uh, a group called Susquehanna Private Capital. And, th and these guys have just been fantastic. Like, I, I just can't say enough. It's been a great relationship. They're very supportive. They stay, in, you know, they they inject, you know, thoughts when they need to, but, you know, they stand out of the way, you know, most all the other time. And, and I, I think it's just a very productive relationship. And I think just that's really led to kind of where we are. So, Darren, what do you, what say you? Yeah, I mean, you, you just said it all. We're, we're completely aligned on that. But really what, what pulled us back together is, you know, we, we both had, you know, incomplete stories and, mm -hmm. and we just we just 
love doing this and we love doing this together. And it's really about people and building a team and providing the best car wash experience you can for, for customers. And I think we feel like we can, we have that experience. We know how to do it. And we have, we have a great network of people in the industry as well. So we're just really trying to pull all that together and, and have a lot of fun doing it. Well, and you know, it's the, the fun part of it, I think, well, I'm, I'm projecting here, but cause I want to be doing what you guys are doing. Uh, you, you've got to like play in a lot of spaces, right. And you've got to try some things over here and then you got to try a few things over here and you're taking all of those kind of collective experiences yeah. and being able to bring that together now into what, what you see as your visionary platform, right? Like this is the thing that you all want to do and want to grow. So I think that's super awesome. Um, so let's talk then about growth. All right. So you're 32 uh, locations at the moment. Uh, I get all the press releases, so I see that that's changing every day. Tell me a little bit about your all's approach there and how you're kind of tackling um, this whole thing, because, you know, there's a there's a there's Greenfield, there's acquisition. How are you taking this this challenge on? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the first stab. Um, you know, for us. Uh, you know, we, we came in with a clean slate. We mm-hmm. uh, obviously had had a lot of experience in looking at sites and washes and, you know, the, the, the markets uh, from our previous uh, history. I mean, Darren, all the way back into, you know, Mr. Car Wash. But um, so we, we came in with an idea that, listen, let's, let's go where we feel like we can have a solid competitive edge. Mm-hmm. Um and that there's some growth opportunity. So we've kind of picked some different markets. And I mean, every market these days seems to be pretty crowded. So we'll just, you know, when we pick them, we, we really try to build initially a beachhead, right? It's hard, a little harder to kind of go in uh, with a, uh, a new build strategy. Mm-hmm. Though people are doing, we're doing it mod wash. So, but for us, I think our, you know, between us and our investors, we said, listen, let's go in, set up uh, beachheads in these markets, and then we'll go back and start building a, a, a pipeline and a, you know, a, you know, de novo strategy where we're mm-hmm. infilling strategically into those markets where we're, where we set up shop. Yeah. I mean, super smart approach. I mean, that, that's sort of like the only way you can do it fast, right? Because you can't, before we got on this podcast, we were talking about how just labor materials, yeah. uh, permitting, all that stuff is taking so much longer mm-hmm. now. You can't, yeah. you can't grow a platform quickly that way. So you do have to be ready to play that acquisition game a little bit and get in there while you do the work to build up that Greenfield yeah. pipeline so you can get fruit from that. Totally. Yeah, and there's a lot of great sites out there. So, you know, from our perspective, uh, you know, we feel like there's uh, an advantage to scale mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, we can bring some of those advantages to bear. So, you know, for us to go and look and find, you know, some of the smaller groups out there, we feel like, you know, it's a good opportunity for them and it's a great opportunity for us as well. So as you guys, with the new build. Yeah. As you guys start to, so as you're growing, right. I mean, to 32 in like no time, that's, that's fast. Right. And JT, I know you're, you're no stranger to fast growth, Darren, you probably are not a stranger to fast growth either because it was happening in Mr. As you guys are kind of growing this business and this um, car wash uh, and um, platform, what do you, like, what are you being careful about? What do you want to really make sure kind of stays true to the core? Like, what are you watching? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to what JT said originally. It's, it's it's people. I know a lot of people say it. 
Um, but we really feel it and that's what will make us successful. I mean, that's why JT and I have aligned. I mean, it's, it's about people and, and culture and building that culture. And that's very important to us. So it's one from the acquisition front, it's meeting, meeting the owners on the other side and connecting with them because there's so many amazing people in this space. And, and that's what we love about it is we're meeting new people, new operators every day or reconnecting with those individuals who we may have talked with in the past. And, you know, just understanding their stories. And a lot of times it's even partnering with them into the future and and maintaining those connections and then leveraging that in a way that everybody benefits. And so it's on that front end acquisition, but then building our, our internal culture and team and trying to pull in as many good people as we can to help us be successful. Because without those really good people, we won't be successful or not as successful as we think we can be. But at the end of the day, it comes down to those people. We're a service industry, we're a service business, and we got to get that right. And and we've been around the block enough to know um, it's not just cliche to say it, like we have to live it. And and that's that's on JT and I to, to build out the more, that organization um, of love that's going to be centered around people. Yeah, if you're not if you're not living that, people would see it, right? Like all the way through the entire organization, so it falls apart pretty quickly. Um, JT, I know that I know this is a passion point for you as well. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you approach that? Because as you go in and as you acquire people, right, you're merging with existing cultures and you're trying to like bring people along and craft and shape and mold into uh, your all's vision. Can you talk a little bit about just how you approach that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think. You know, when you acquire a uh, a company, really any company, you know, the people there are always very uh, nervous. And mm-hmm. so I think the first thing you have to do is build the trust. And, you know, we, we go in, we look and see, and listen, we learn all, you know, from other groups all the time. I, I go to a ton of car washes and I see some that are just, I, I walk out of there, I'm like, gosh, I don't, can't believe I didn't think of that, right? I literally do that a bunch. I was in Camel Car Wash in Nashville and Tyler and those guys just do a fantastic job. And I'm like, gosh, I feel like an idiot. I've been doing this for 20 years and there's a lot of things that these guys are doing that I got to do. I'm like taking notes. And, um, but you know, I think, so we, you know, we, you got to be humble, right? When we come in and we, we acquire a group, you know, you can't just drop a hammer and say, Hey, this is the love way of doing things. Um, we do have to have a standard. We do have to have brand compliance and we're still kind of building that brand. So, I mean, we're mm-hmm. coming in with a lot of things, but it, it's been amazing. We've acquired some really talented people. And so I think giving them the opportunity where they know that they've got a real career path, like a real growth uh, path, I think that's, that starts getting buy-in and, you know, really just trying to spend time with them. So just coming in, I think you've got to set the tone right out of the gate when you're doing acquisitions, because it can be um, uh, a fine line that you walk with uh, with these people that you're bringing into your family. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I said we weren't going to go there, but one of the core tenets of love, right, is like, you got to be a good listener. And so part of that is when you go into these acquisitions, you got to listen to your people, uh, because yeah. they are your people, you, you know, you acquired that organization, listen to them, uh, take the yep. good, take the bad, right. and then love on them right? A lot love of grace, them. love on them and, and bring them into the fold. It's so funny you said that. I have a buddy of mine that owns a bunch of restaurants and we were talking just how hard it is with people. And he's like, JT, you just got to love on people more now than you ever have in the past. And it really is true, right? I mean, I just think from an HR standpoint, 
it's harder. Uh, you know, we just have a different culture that's coming up in the, you know, these younger generations and mm -hmm. we, we have to adapt to it. Right. I mean, there's some things that I'm like, well, it's not the way I did when I was a kid, but you know what, we have to learn from the, that, that group coming up and adapt and, and work around and, and try to really transition how we do business, you know, moving forward. So, but it goes back to Darren's point. It's all about people without the people and feeling like they're a part of it. Uh, we're, we're on a, we'd be on a treadmill going nowhere. Yeah. And, and Matt, and Matt, I would add to that on the people side. I mean, I give credit to, to Mr. Carwash for teaching me the importance of, of listening during that acquisition process. I think that's something that they've done well. Um, but you know, you, you get, you get to know a lot new, a lot of new people, but they're doing great things. Like, like JT said, like there's, there's a lot of car wash companies out there that might even have one site, two sites that are doing things that we haven't even seen before. Mm -hmm. And so every acquisition is an opportunity for us to learn and then also identify good people. As an example, today, we announced the promotion of two individuals that were site level managers in two different acquisitions that are now district managers overseeing five sites. You know, So as we grow, we're trying to identify those people quickly and create opportunities for them. And I think you know, creating opportunities for individuals too helps other people to see, hey, I want to get behind this and I want to get good people that so I can get promoted. And it, it just all feeds on its on itself. And again, creating more love. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I just am really thankful for right now to be able to be part of this industry is, is the way that it's really evolving into um, this organization that cares about people in a way that, you know, maybe it did before, but it's different now. I mean, I've been around for almost 15 years now and this industry and the ability to provide uh, meaningful career paths for people and to really change people's lives. I don't think it's ever been quite as um, quite as tangible and as like robust as it is right now. Yeah. And private equity coming in has a lot to do with that because I think mm -hmm. that gives, that's a jet fuel for the, the growth. And, you know, when you're you work for an owner, right? I used to own several car washes, sold those semester and, you know, there's only so much that I could do for people, right? You know, in terms of a career path. And, but people were really loyal to me. And, you know, we were like a small, tight knit family. But so the dynamic in the industry is definitely changing in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways. And that's definitely one of them where, you know, now I think that tops off and groups are, you know, you're seeing, you know, we're not unique, right? We, we're one of you know, a number of people out there doing this exact same thing. So, uh, you know, they're, there's a lot of really good opportunity for people coming into this. And I think it's going to help us too, because, you know, coming from the restaurant industry, I had, you know, 23 restaurants in a bunch of States and had the, the, the advantage of seeing a lot of things that they do there. And I, I feel like the restaurant industry is probably a decade ahead of the car wash uh, industry in terms of just technology and management and other things. And so we have a lot to learn here. And, but the good thing is, is bringing people in, now, I think we can start poaching some of these other industries that have, you know, longer career paths than we did. Now, I think we can fight for those people and give them, you know, the same upward mobility. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, you said you weren't, you're not unique, but you are. There, there are unique components to what you all are doing. So share those with us because it's one thing to say you're not unique, but that's just you being humble. I get that. That's fine. You guys are unique. You're, you're, 
if you weren't unique, you wouldn't have started the platform. So Darren, I'll let, I'll let JT off the hook for a minute here. What do you think, Darren, uh, that makes kind of the love platform and what you guys are trying to build and the organization you're trying to create, what makes it unique? Yeah, I think what's unique is what we talked about originally, like, like JT and I have been around the block Mm -hmm. in, in the space and, and in, in prior careers. So we we've done many different things and we're pulling all that together and, and ultimately, it's kind of what our, what our values are going to be, which is one thing JT and I always align on is we get stuff done. Like yeah. we just like do, we like doing stuff and moving the ball forward. And that's the culture we're creating, you know, creating autonomy, creating opportunity, you know, quick decisions and 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 just moving things forward is so important in an organization. And I think a lot of companies don't see the value they don't they don't realize the value they're they're paralyzed in making a decision they're afraid to make a decision they're afraid if they fail i mean i've said it many times and 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 very recently like if we're not making mistakes then then we're then we're doing the wrong things like we need to make mistakes as long as they're not big giant ones you know we we got to make those mistakes to learn from them and that's what jt and i have done throughout our, our careers is we've made some of those mistakes. We move fast, we make some mistakes, we learn from them and that's what makes us better. And so that's what we're trying to do is create that type of company that can be agile, um, moving fast, but doing things the right way. I know doing things the right way is, is you know, interpretive and, and can be seen in different things, but we always, we always just say, do just get the right people. Yeah get them to do the right things, try their hardest and empower them. And, and I think that's what makes us a little bit different. Uh, again, I know a lot of people say they're doing that, but we're really going to be living that type of culture. What do you think? So what do you think as that's an easier thing to do right now, right? So 30 location, 32 locations, you can still kind of do that. Do you think that there's any um, danger of what happens when love is 200 or 300 locations of, of being able to maintain that kind of um, agile and design thinking approach? Like, how do you think you tackle that? How do you keep that small feel in a large company? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that's the biggest challenge that every growing company faces. And I've lived in that in, in my prior life. And, and I've been in a smaller company that has grown from, you know, 50 employees to almost 2000. And, and I always love being in that small company that was nimble enough. So we, we've talked about it actually, is how do we create that small company culture while being a big company and and it all comes down to culture and and you have to start building it from the ground up but again it goes back to people and if you get the right people they're going to help maintain that culture and that small company feel where everybody's a family and there is that love around everybody and that's how you do it and and it's very very difficult so matt it's a very spot-on question um and and most companies do a poor job of it and we're challenging ourselves to to be successful at it yeah, I think a part of that too is, I mean, uh, you know, and we had this conversation internally. I mean, uh, as part of our culture, we have to have a, yeah, and we do have a bias towards action, right? Yeah. And um, I feel like, you know, in an environment where you empower people to make some mistakes, where they're not afraid to do that, because that's what happens when you get big, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to make the mistake. And so you become guarded and you're constantly pumping the brakes. Uh, and it's not that there's not some value in that, right? You have to be prudent in your decision. As you get bigger, you've got bigger stakeholders. So, you know, the consequences are larger, but you still have to have that bias towards action and you still have to enable people 
to be innovative and to think outside of the box and empower them and not hammer them if they do make a mistake, right? We have to adapt and learn. And that's, you know, that's part of it. So it'll be a challenge, but I think you have to go in with that mindset. Yeah, I love that answer. I love that. Well, and again, it comes back to people. Here we are. We're having the same conversation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of people, um, before I let you guys off the hook here uh, out of the proverbial hot seat, um, people has been a trend in this industry for, for the last um, probably at least two years since kind of the right before COVID started happening, especially during the COVID pandemic. Uh, we've had some real challenges from a labor perspective in this industry and in other industries everywhere. It's hard. Are there other trends um, aside from that that you all are watching right now? Anything on the technology front or point of sale or any just um, consumer behaviors chain. in general? I mean, you have supply chain. So as yeah. we, you go to ramp your, your your new build, you have supply chain. Then you also have the people side, right? You can get the equipment to the site, but if you don't have the uh, install crew, right? And those guys are a, a hot commodity these days. Yeah. Uh, and there's, you know, that's the bottleneck. Right. They can only there's only so many people that can install these things. So everybody's rushing to stand up new sites. So you have the supply chain, but you also have the the people on getting that done. So that that's something that yeah, that we talk about, you know, internally as we move towards, you know, looking at our development cycle. Yeah, definitely. And then I would add uh, on the technology side, I think technology is just so vitally important with with any business today. And I think it's, it, it, it definitely is, is that in the car wash space. And you've seen, I think a lot of progress in the last five years on, on functionality, the development cycle is, has, is much more rapidly expanding, um, between, you know, DRB, their recent acquisition of Washify and, and Sunny's coming out of the gate really strong with their point of sale. And I think really, really making some, some headway there. You know, with the advent uh, or adoption of of LPR, I think that that's come a long way in a short amount of time. So I think it's fun to see the advancements, and I think we're going to start we're going to continue to see a lot more advancements there on on that front. So I, I think that's really fun to be able to be in this industry right now for from that technology perspective. Yeah, there's going to be. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of stuff, right? Because especially as companies start to grow in ways that we weren't used to in this industry for a long time. They start to build their own uh, capabilities, right? Mm -hmm. So we're no longer beholden or limited by whatever our supplier community might be working on because we're working in tandem and we're creating and, and we start to influence on both sides. I think it's going to be super fascinating to watch and to see mm -hmm. what comes out of it. And, and JT, to your point, you know, um, the retail industry has had some of this stuff, uh, yeah. the restaurant side for, for a number of years. And so here we come. Well, guys, I want to say thank you so much um, for taking a little bit of time and, and, and riffing on car washing with me today. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully those listening, uh, we fulfilled on our promise of helping them become a better car washer and a slightly better human being. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, for all of you listening at home uh, or watching this, wherever you might be, make sure you don't miss any episodes. You got to subscribe wherever you're consuming your podcast content. If you want to catch us on a weekly basis, guess what? We are live every Thursday at 1130 a.m. Central Time, uh, keeping you up to date on what's going on in this industry and sharing the positive stories that we all love to talk about on the show. So until next time, friends, there's just one thing you've got to do, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. 
Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners. 